If you are an estate agent, letting agent, or someone who's just interested in the UK property market, then this, the UK property market weekly stat show is for you. My name is Chris Watkin, and each week I look at what's happening in the UK property market with a special guest. This week, it is the marvellous Ben Madden. We'll come to Ben in a second. He's well known to many of you. The purpose of this show is to actually find out what is happening in the UK property market right here, right now. All the indexes that you look at are using data that is between six and nine months old. We're looking at the top end of the funnel, the number of properties that are coming onto the market. Why is that important? Because if there's too many houses coming on the market, like there was in 2008, then the market will be flooded and demand and supply will denote that it will almost become a bias market and property values will drop. We will then look at what is actually selling and what estate agents are doing to get them sold by looking at price reductions. We will then look at that both on a national basis, but also on a regional basis. And then finally, we'll end up at a town or a city. And this week, we're going to sunny Bedford in Bedfordshire. Today, I'm joined by the wonderful Ben Madden. He is huge in the game when it comes to property, okay? Ben runs a fine and country operation in West London in the sunny suburb of Chiswick. However, he runs um, a fine and country franchise, and the fine and country uh, operation trusts him to guide and support that organisation, which covers across the globe, on the best way uh, to operate their estate agency. This man has got his finger on the pulse of UK estate agency. And he's been on the show, I think this is either your fourth or fifth time, Ben? Sounds right, fourth or fifth. Yeah, I think so. Excellent. So, Ben, thanks for joining me today. And uh, uh, you, I know you've not seen these stats, so you're going to actually be going uh, rough shot, uh, gunshot on this. Uh, should we delve straight in and have a look at let's the stats? Let's, yeah. let's, let's crack on, as yeah. Alex Town would say. Okay, that's good stuff. Well, boys and girls, as you know, we always start at the the top of the funnel and we look at the new instructionis. And we are looking this week at week 24. Week 24 for you boys and girls is Monday the 12th of June all the way through to Sunday the 18th of June. Uh, What's your thoughts on this one, Ben? So I'm not a massive fan of weeks in isolation from a data perspective. Um, I prefer the accumulative, but looking at this, if the variation is, we've got anywhere over the last, what we look at, seven years, 33 to 39, and we're sitting on 36,000, we sit right in the middle, looks pretty good, right? Pretty standard, pretty, you know, average, horrible term for a national outlook. But yeah, you know, I think this looks about what, Certainly, our business is experiencing right now. Stock levels are reasonable. Well, I tell you what, let's go straight to the to the um, year to date figures. Well, not the year to date figures, but the weekly figures put on a week by week basis. And the pink line is twenty twenty three. The now we are comparing ourselves against the teen years simply because twenty was COVID year, and twenty one and twenty two were truly exceptional years. And I don't think we can compare ourselves to that. If you disagree with that, then put your comments in YouTube and tell me why we should be looking at them. However, on one of the graphs, we do look at that just for what's the name and giggles. But as you can quite clearly see, 
And as we explained last week, we've got, as with Ian McKenzie from the Guild, what happens is everything takes off after Christmas. We have a pretty steady week three to week 13, which is your Jan, Feb, and March. And then we enter the roller coaster of Easter and May bank holidays. And 2023 is just doing that, isn't it? Thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no different. Um, what I would say for 2023 is we've got an additional bank holiday this year, which we didn't have, which no doubt had an impact. Um, and I also think 2017, 2018, 2019, things like holidays during Easter, you know, someone who's got kids, yeah, they're, yeah, we might have gone on them. Actually, post-COVID, I think people's mindset shift is quite significant. And if there's a chance to go on holiday, people are really going to take it. And so the recent Easter break, any half terms, I mean, it's all very anecdotal, but in our business, we see it in quite an extreme fashion that the market just says, no, we're going away. That's it. Whereas, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019, it didn't feel quite so extreme. So, yeah, it looks like we're following the trend of the previous years. And even though, you know, in my own anecdotal evidence way, I feel like the holidays have a bigger impact. From a stock perspective, it doesn't look like they are particularly. We're, we're running slightly below 2018, but versus 2019 and 2017 were good as gold. I mean, just to give you an idea, this week was 36, as we said. Last week was 37. The week before was 30. The week before, 37. 37 the week before, 30. It is a classic roller coaster. Let's just have a quick look at the cumulative year to date. And we're on 783,000 properties that have come on the market. So we're obviously ahead of 17, but we're not as ahead as 18 or 19. Obviously, 20 was the COVID year where, where basically we had two and a bit months off from the property market. Um, let's go and look at the average price of a property coming on the market. And this is £450,000. Last week, it was 459 The week before, 444 The average for the year is 433 thousand pounds any comments on this before we move over to price changes I mean, average listing price I, I i've said it before property prices are increasing if they're up 20 percent over the last two years then we can expect to see the average property price increase if cost of living is an issue um if people in bigger properties have found that they've had a difficult winter maybe larger properties are coming to market but just on the just sorry the graph you have up before this chris the accumulative i think it's important to remind people in, in case they haven't really considered this. They may be looking at 21, they may be looking at 22 and saying, crazy periods. We've got more property on the market this year than back then when the, the demand was through the roof. It's yep. really worth reminding people that um, it's estimated that I think 40% of sales in 21 and 22 were away from the market, discreet, you know, not off market, because if they're selling, they're clearly on market, but they were discreetly sold. So that data isn't necessarily picked up. So I don't think 2023 necessarily represents more properties on the market and available. It's just more marketing as available. So in the eye of the consumer, it might present as though there's more, but actually as estate agents, we need to ensure we're educating and letting the consumer know that there were properties on the market last year that sold that you're not seeing data for necessarily. And that plays its part in how we present the supply, the demand, the story of the market over the last few years. Well, it, it's it, it's particularly interesting because we're going to actually go have a look at some stats on how London is in terms of whether it's a buyer's market or a seller's market. It, it, in fact, it might be a, a, an absolutely golden opportunity just to, to dive in there now before we forget. 
Is that okay? Yes, let's do it. Okay then. So um, let's just go back. I've got more windows open than uh, than a, than a what's the name. So I just need to stop and then I need to share the screen again. And here we go. So um, can you see the data with the London graph? We can. We can. Okay. So um, the job I do, uh, my daytime job is not interviewing people on the sofa or doing these shows. Is that I'm a property statistician writing content for estate and letting agents. And the content that I'm writing this week is whether the property market is a seller's market or a buyer's market. And I have the data for every month going back to 2018, um, where we compare the number of properties that are sold with the contract versus the number of properties that are on the market, both available and sold, because then it has a, so you can work out how many are all on the market are sold. And works out as a percentage that if only 10% of the properties that are on the market are sold, then it's an extreme buyer's market. If it's up at 80%, it's an extreme seller's market. The balanced market is somewhere in the 30 to 40% range. And you can quite clearly see here, and again, um, this is for the whole of London, but we can drill that we can drill down into some postcodes. Is this is that what we've got in 18 or 90? Because remember, you've got to remember is that London was a little bit subdued in the late teens, wasn't it? Because you, yeah. you had the crazy years compared yeah, to... Yeah, I mean, I think people... We were on, talking to somebody just yesterday, and it seems like we've forgotten Brexit because there's been so much has been going on the last few years that the Brexit conversation is just sort of, you know, it's, 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 it's disappeared. But 18, 19, 20 for me were... Well, certainly, sorry, excuse me, 18 and 19 were heavily impacted by Brexit. It was a subdued market in London. Um, and that directly impacted, um, you know, the demand piece. So, yeah, that what you're showing here, I think, based on our experiences over the last few years and our appreciation of the entire market in London, feels about right. Um, I don't want to be too guided by my own internal bias and how our business is performing right now, because our own business would say it was more of a seller's market right now. But bearing in mind micro markets and we are a small piece in West London, a small piece in West Southwest London. Whole of market, yeah, sure. I, I can believe that data looks about right. Well, actually, let's pull up. You're you're in Chiswick, so there's the Chiswick details, and you can quite clearly see that in June 18, 19, and twenty, Chiswick was running at around around the mid mid twenties, which is very much a buyer's market. Yeah, Just I, 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 yeah, that. So in eighteen and nineteen, we weren't really a Chiswick agent, but of course, we know the data for the area because we're coming into it. We need to be conscious of it. And it was very tough times, 18 and 19, for and you, agents, very and, few agents, not a lot of transactions. And you can quite clearly see that because the the, number, the percentage of houses sold in the postcode of Chiswick in 18, 19, and we just picked the summer month of June just, just to make it easy, was around the 25. Interestingly, the, the London as a whole was 27 to 30%. We then ramped it up into the... to to. 21 and 22 and london went up to 43 46 you for some reason chiswick just really did ramp up as you can see in the map up to 48 but this is fascinating is that london curtailed down to around 33 34 whilst you guys are very much in the early 40s there you can quite quite clearly see here yeah i I think it's about um it's about your demographics isn't it it's about who who's your buyer pool for your particular areas it's about uh, price points within the area. So who are they attracting to the area? You know, Chiswick, very specifically, is, is a very affluent area. It's a, it's a hangout for celebrities. It's a, an aspirational location to move to. 
Um, and I think that's a draw for a lot of people. If you look at how people are, the, the people most impacted by what's happened over the last nine to 12 months, well, actually Chiswick, the, the average buyer and seller in Chiswick is probably less impacted. And so able to continue with their transaction, lots of cash purchases, that sort of thing. So that, that or this specific market um, has proven a little bit more resilient, I think, yeah. recently. And as, as someone's been watching on the screen, I've been flicking between the two, and you can quite clearly see is that is that Chiswick seems to seems to have not been affected as much as the London market. As I said, we've been flicking and between I, the two. The other thing to consider is Chiswick is a um, is a, a freehold market. It's not a leasehold, not huge. I mean, there are apartments, of course, there are, but it's a tiny proportion of the entire market. Whereas, if you look at the number of properties on market right now across London, apartments are right. Oh, there are off, a lot off the off the scale. Off the and scale. so they are, you know, post COVID, you know, you had that little bit of a we're not interested in apartments. Then we had a very tiny window, and supposedly there was a boom, but we don't deal with apartments that much. So I don't want to comment on that too much. But I think what we're seeing in our data. Uh, if you look sort of uh, another market we work in, Fulham, southwest London, lots and lots of apartments. And it looks like the uh, success rate on apartments right now is about 20% are selling, going under offer. So I think Lon the London picture, there's going to be a lot of stickiness in the apartment market. I mean, just to give you an idea, uh, if we go back to 2014, uh, the number of apartments on the market um so we're going we're going the summer of 14 versus the summer of 23 there are 12 in london there are 12% less semi detached houses on the market so back in 14 there was 4664 properties for sale semis and now there's 4125 so that's a drop of 12% whilst the number of apartments has risen from 30321 to 38747 which is an increase of 28 okay uh, terrorists are down from five set 5,773 to 5,398 and detached down from 1,960 up oh, sorry that's interesting the number of detached although they're really small numbers 1,669 compared to two 2,212 so you're absolutely right on that one uh, in terms of um the number of apartments they they just seem to be sticking but again we all know why and uh, it looks like that's going in the right direction fingers crossed and my thoughts are with people who are stuck in properties like that let's get back to the Staterunis and um let's just get back here we go and back we dive in and we're going now to a uh, number of price changes um and we've got now this does look a quite scary big number um uh, <laughs> Okay, but remember, 21 and 22, we didn't really need to change our prices that much. The average number of price changes, 22, um, in terms of this year, has been 18,381. Uh, and last week, it was 22,000. The week before was 17, but everyone was on holiday. And what does what we do tend to find is, Ben, is, is that the, the if we have a, a, a bank holiday, the estate agents go on holiday as well, so they're not working their stock to get the prices down. We're working on reducing about 12.8% of our stock at the moment. Do you think that's enough? Oh, that's a, <laughs> what a loaded question. 12% um, of stock is being worked down in terms of... I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not massive on national data. I think it depends on what you're experiencing. So from what I understand, up in the north... Um, 
conversion rates are really high in London. We're struggling maybe with conversion rates, but historically conversion rates in London are much lower. So, you know, it's comparing apples and oranges maybe. Um, the thing about agents going away on bank holidays, you know, as an agent and as someone that defends agents, maybe 24 seven, the thing about the consumers, they anchor to a position, don't they? So they'll say, look, we've got a bank holiday coming up. Um, the, you, 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 your really good agent will say, look, this is where we are. This is the data. We need to take action. We need a new marketing strategy. It involves some sort of repricing, some sort of relaunch. Let's do this, re-energize. Re All the usual bits and pieces that good agents don't need to do. But the consumer, it's not necessarily greed, it's optimism. The consumer is optimistic about theirs being the best on the road. We all know that. Every time we see that call for evaluation, I've got the biggest on the road. I've got the best on the road. I've just refurbished it 15 years ago. Um, and so they think they're going to get that slightly higher price point. They want to, and so we anchor to a position in the future. And when there are bank holidays, that position always ends up bloody another week on because there's, oh, well, people will be away from bank holidays. So I don't want to reduce my price then. That's why we're not getting the viewings. So you know, as much as agents, you know, we need to guide the consumer. The consumer is the client and they have to have their say. Um, back to your question, is 12% enough? Um, I would say the good agents, the really great agents, and I'm not talking about myself or my team, I'm talking about really good people I've been in a room with. They say they are, they are their goal is 25% of their current portfolio that's available on the market needs to have between a 5 and 10% price reduction in a given month. Now, this is sort of, you're getting KPI, you're talking about bigger businesses. But actually, you know what? Do people set appropriate targets on getting prices to where they need to be? Or do they set targets around listings on saleability? And, so, and let's be honest, the bigger agents are the ones who are have a higher propensity to overvalue to gain the listing. That's fact. Don't, and that's nothing against big firms, but the, the, the facts do bore that out. And, and therefore, you do have to work your stock to get it down. But anyway, we're not mentioning any names. Should well, actually, we... you know what? One of the agents that are known for doing that, that, you know, sort of have come up in the past in London, really, really big agent, um, fantastic commercials year on year. They are um, they are in tune with the need to get the price down reasonably quickly to a point where the property represents good value for a buyer. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with their approach to win the client and bring them to market, but they certainly know how to work the client in that first eight-week window and we see them doing good things and putting properties, I think, under offer, although I'm not sure because they don't actually use that function on the marketing um, portals. But they are um, well known for getting the price reduction or getting the price to the point where it needs to be. So, yeah, it's um, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, it's particularly interesting in London at the moment. There is one particular agent of one of the premier agents who've increased their market share from 5% in 2021 all the way up to 8% of the London market. In that time, their market share for sales has gone from, from 3.8 to 5.8, which, which means that they are listing more than they're actually selling. Whilst the number two agent in in um, in, in, in a London, they have 4.3% of the market on listings, but 6.7% of the market share for sales. So that's two two very interesting models. One yeah. is let's list everything, let's increase it, and then we have to reduce it or lose it. Whilst the other one is let's lose not not list so much, but let's sell what we've got. Um, interesting times. Again, I'm not going to mention the names of those agents. Uh, shall we? Because uh, uh, I'll get shot. Um, let's get back to um, let's get back to um, the the stats. Okay, hold on. Back we go and we go in again. Right. Okay. 
the average price of a property being reduced is £426,000. Okay. Um, again, that's pretty average, actually, for the rest of this year. The average has been 404 and it's been hovering around that early 400s for a while. So it just shows that the... Remember, the average price of a property came on the market for 50. The average price of a property being reduced for to six. We'll look at the average price of a property actually um, selling in a second. And now we're going to go to sales. Now, you said last time you liked the graph first. So let's go straight to the graph and then we can come back and look at the numbers. What's your thoughts on this graph, Ben? Um, really, really similar to uh, what we said with the instructions. You know, you can see the holidays, the bank holidays, the Easter effect. Um, it looks like 2018, yeah, a bit more positive, a bit more consistency. But, you know, it's higgledy-piggledy, isn't it? It's 19, it's 17 all over again. We're up and down. Um, I think what's going to be much more interesting is what happens over the next six weeks before we get to that Easter holiday. Uh, excuse me, that summer holiday. Um, Easter eggs on my mind. Um, yeah, I think that's what right now we've got is I would describe as possibly the litmus test for the second half of the year. I think how the market performs over the next six to eight weeks before everyone jumps ship and has their their, their summer holiday, um, they're distracted by kids running around, driving them mad, um, and how the market, specifically buyers, react to changes in mortgage rates, um, sort of lack of control of inflation once again. you know, Actually, I would say the vast majority of buyers are seeing inflation is just it's it's just there it's ever present at the moment it's not necessarily fueling the decision um you walk up and down the high street i mentioned i'm in chiswick but i'm also in other areas that are maybe less affluent and restaurants are jam-packed and people are got shopping bags with them and so you know if wage growth is there is inflation such an issue no but i do think the media rhetoric around mortgages and interest rates might show us a slight suppression in buyer activity across London last week, buyer activity was down. Uh, but as I said, I don't like taking one week in isolation. I don't think that's appropriate. Um, this is a new graph this week, and we're actually comparing um, in every price range. Now, this is a UK stat. We do have some regional stuff, which I, I haven't got time to show you on the show today. But this is a national look at every different price range. And what we have done, I don't, you haven't seen this graph before, is we've looked at, so in, if you look here in the uh, second one on the left-hand side, the 100 to 150,000, we total up the total number of listings in that price range since the 1st of January. And then we've totaled up the total number of sales in that price range and done a, a percentage difference. And we're at 79% or 79.88% for the 100 to 150. And as the prices go down, as you can quite clearly see, as does the saleability go down. Have you got any thoughts on this? This is, I would imagine this is very geography specific. Um, yeah. Certain areas of the country are going to um, have different price points and those price points are going to drive um, maybe success of an agent on behalf of their client. Um, you know, so... so what I can pick apart is the higher price bracket, the sort of we operate in the million pound plus. Um, our bread and butter is around two to three million. And our uh, our view is that 35% is low. But that's because I'm looking at our micro market in isolation and not taking into consideration two to million, two to three million pound properties around the country that are uh, have a uh, have a smaller pool of buyers. Yes. So um, this is really, really interesting. Um and should fuel a lot of conversation, I think, 
in agencies' offices around the country about what market and what our marketing strategy should be, what market should we be operating, which price bracket do we need to specialize in in order to be successful this year? Um, the aspirational higher price properties, everyone wants to be a luxury realtor, a luxury agent. Um, and I know, I, you know I'm finding country, so we fall into that bracket. But actually, if you want to be really, really successful, it's the hard graph at the lower price points where you can really, really make it make an impact, I think. Um, and that should be a conversation piece. Um, do we want to actually be successful or do we just want to present a successful listing of these high value properties? That for me is a really important conversation. Um, remove ego and look at the commercials. What makes most sense for our business? I mean, just interestingly, let's just let's just pick a few uh, price bands. The first thing I'd like to start off with 300 to 350. So at the moment, it's 60, 62% of properties in that price range are selling it um uh in the 300 to 350 if we go back to 2022 it was 79.6 and if we go back to 2021 it was 93.1 percent okay let's go up to 500 to 600,000 52.58 percent of properties are selling at the moment in that price range and uh, back in 22, that was 69%. And in 2021, it was 79%. So the saleability figures, uh, boys and girls of estate and letting agency land, are down. But oh. those were exceptional years, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. You're looking at to look at 22 and 21 is upwardly moving market, properties maturing in terms of pricing. Um, we didn't have a war in Ukraine, uh, inflation was not an issue. Um, you know, we're looking at two very, very different sets of market conditions. Um, it would be interesting to look at 19. What were those price brackets doing in 19? Um, now, don't get me wrong though, I am also a cynic that says, if you're gonna look at data, you have to look at all the data and you can't, you know, you can't take away 21 and 22 and because it suits my argument, my rhetoric, how I wanna present myself to the consumer. What I would say is over a five-year period, you can deal with averages. 17, 18, 19, yeah, okay, for, for for our little area of the world, Brexit years, subdued, but market activity was okay. 21, 22, um, nowhere near as buoyant in London as the rest of the country, but buoyancy. And then 2023, things start to level out. Yep. It's, you know, it, it's a state agency. If you've been doing it for, for more than five years, you just know this is how it works. There are highs, there are lows, there are averages. Data is data in every market. Something is selling. Be the agent that lists it. That's, the, that's all I say. Someone is selling something somewhere. Be the agent that lists it. Um, year to date, gross sales. Uh, we're going to come and look at how we compare with net sales, which is the stuff actually you get paid on in a second. The average price of a property uh, selling 371. Uh, as you know, I'm a bit obsessed with the following graph. And we now look at the price difference. So now we're looking at it in weak isolation, but the numbers seem to be on a, a very even trend in each year. The price difference between the stuff that's selling and the stuff that's that's coming on the market is four fifty versus three seven one. But remember, if you look at the graph we just showed you, the one with the pretty rainbow colours, that shows that the propensity of houses to sell at the upper range is much lower. Hence, why that is a difference. People who say, "Well, you're putting them on at four fifty and they're selling for three seven one," 
they're using the numbers and creating a story which is wrong. The simple fact is, is that higher price properties don't sell as much. So if the lower prices are selling, that's why the average gets dragged down. The magic is the percentage difference. The average for the last seven years has been around 15 to 17%. We are presently running, well, we'll get to the percentage difference in a second. Actually, I'm going to give you the percentage difference now, mate, because you know I like my Staroonies. Percentage difference at the moment, 21.8. Although inner London is dragging that number up, something rotten. You look at the regional figures, which we'll get to in a second, you lads and boys and girls in London. Okay, let's get back to the stats because time is moving on very swiftly. Um, so here we go. The price difference between, we've just talked about that. That's the percentage, 21 the, uh, today. But uh, look at the difference, similar, uh, but lower. But again, oh, yeah, so, okay, this is great because 17 was the market where people said, you know what, I'm going to have a punt. If I get the price, I'll take it. But there was less buyer demand. And so 2023, yeah, let's have a punt. I'm not saying um, entire market, but we know, everyone watching this who's in stage right now knows this week, next week, they'll get a call from someone that wants to list and they won't be motivated. But they want to see if they can, you know, let's see what we can get. I want to go on a slightly higher price. You say, no, it's not really worth that. But you're convinced to go to market with them anyway. Um, and that age-old argument, do I want to take the market share on a property that I know is not going to sell and they're not motivated to sell? Or do I want to give it to someone else? And that somebody else, that other agent, presents a uniform buyer, they end up selling it. Um, I think that's that's my interpretation of why we're at 21% and why we're at 22% in 17. That's okay. certainly what we experienced seven well, years ago. Okay. Okay, well, London is dragging those numbers up. If you go and look at the rest of the country where we're a bit more normal, uh, no, no, no. Wow, wow, we've gone there, have we? Oh, well, you don't need Londoners alike. Listen to Middle England with his extra finger. Blimey, unbelievable. <laughs> oh, oh right. yeah, tell you what, I love, I love visiting London, but I love coming home. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but I will just say for the record, there is a downside to living in the countryside is, is that we don't get such luxuries as champagne bars and Nando's. <laughs> which which when I go to trees, a champagne bar, don't think I've ever been into one in my life, lived in London 40 years, Nando's every week. So good shout. Good shout. Okay, because if you look at King's Cross, you've got the you've got obviously the train home where I come to in Grantham. <laughs> to the right on York Way, you've got Nando's, which I love, extra hot Vesuva sauce, which I do suffer from the day before afterwards. And at St. Pancs, you've got the champagne bar as well. Well, it's been a been an awful long time since I've been there, but I do have a little soft spot for it. Uh, let's move on swiftly. Number of sales fallen through when we've seen an increase this week of 60 to 6,163 last week, 5,903, giving a number of net sales, which is slightly down at 18,000. Now, again, the doommongers are going to be jumping on this, aren't they? Well, I, and you know what? I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm quite anti doommonger, as you know, but it sort of makes sense, right? The media is really whipping up a frenzy around these mortgage rates. Um, and as it happens, um, they will, they, you know, they will impact some people, won't they? It, it's just, it's just a simple fact that some people will be frightened away. They're concerned about the future. They'll change their mind. It's there's not enough certainty out there for some people, and so um, I don't agree with the Doom position. You know, nine months ago they were talking about end of the world minus twenty five percent. And again, yeah. it might, it still might happen. You know, please don't think we're we're not. You know, all that we can do, boys and girls, is present you with the stats in front of you. It's up to you how you interpret them. We give our impression. Yeah, property prices could drop. 
And they could still, you know, and they could go. You don't know. The magic thing is, is that, again, most people watching this is this, as Ben said earlier on. Doesn't matter what the market is, you can't control the market as an estate agent. You just have to be the agent that sells houses, and it's your job to get the properties on at the right prices. Always buyers in the those of us with gray hair can remember the time in 2008, and the market really did fall out. That uh, out, you know, the the world fell out. The 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 sky fell from the what, what's the I don't know what the phrase is, but anyway, um, it, it was awful. I don't know if you you are you older? Yes, you just we opened it. We launched our business in two thousand eight. We okay. built a business in in yeah in a, a, a astonishingly difficult um, set of market conditions. But back to your point about not knowing the future. So I've turned. I don't have news apps on my phone. I refuse to be sucked into um, looking at a paper and reading the negative headlines. I, I mean, I'm only human. If I see a headline, I can't help but read it, so I don't look. But what I would say is a forecast is simply somebody's opinion. It's not fact. And I don't, you know, the Bank of England, more intelligent than people than me, nine months, uh, well, 12 months ago, we will be in a recession by the end of the year. It's not their job to say that, but as it happens, they said it, they got it wrong, we didn't enter a recession. We were also told three months ago that inflation would be under control. It's not under control three months later. What I'm really saying here is, don't worry about what's going on outside your world because we have zero control over it. And educated person after educated person have got it wrong repeatedly for the last 12 months it, i'd say forever i mean yeah, we, if we voted so, brexit then we're going to george osborne said we're going to drop 20 percent. so these people that supposedly know their stuff they have a reason why they are giving us this dialogue they have a reason why the rhetoric exists what i would say is um control the controllables which i know sounds like a cliche and a sales coach but you have control over what you do every day. And if you do enough of the right things, I find that things will me fall into place. Um, first quarter of this year, really, really tough on our business. Um, but we got through it because we continue to do the right things. And did we have a rock star quarter? Absolutely not. But we just have to get away from the, this is coming, I'm really scared about it. And I, I, you know, we don't know if it's coming. That's the truth. We really, really don't. Hope for and the best. Worrying about something we don't know is is just a poor use of your mind space. Okay, so let's move on. We're on eighteen thousand and thirty-eight net sales, which is gross sales less the four sell foot fall throughs this week. Uh, the average per weekly figure for the year has been seventeen thousand two hundred and nine. So we're not a million miles off that. Accumulative net sales to date four hundred and thirty. This is the stuff that's going to actually pay you four hundred thirteen thousand and six and we're 94.2% of the average now this is interesting this is the number this is the percentage we're going through uh, percentage fall throughs this week we have broken through 25 and this apart from the first two weeks of jan where we you often get a lot of fall throughs and not many sales so the percentages are you know it was 51% and 33% in jan the first two weeks so we have to dismiss those this the the average has been hovering around 21 22 this is the first week that she has just broken through the 25 mark but if we then compare that with this this is the weekly stat this is the weekly uh sell fall through rate i've taken out the two jack the two jams and the december one because the the it just went off the scale because not many sales on a fourth fall few fall throughs but you can quite clearly see here this so you know fall throughs were rising even before the trust budget 
Then they started to drop. Then we got the whoa, hey, hey, uh, during the Q4. And then she's been dropped. Then they started dropping in Jan, uh, sorry, December, and November and December. And we've been hovering, as I said, around that 22 mark. She's just lifted up slightly this last two weeks. So we just got to keep an eye on that, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, we have. If the stat that everyone throws around is true, that a third of all sales that go under offer end up falling through, we're still below that rate. Um, well, the average is 24.2. Right, well, I don't know where yeah. this third figure comes from. That 24.28 is, is looking at every sale and every and every fall through since, since Jan 2017. And so what did you say we've been hovering at as an average so far this year? 22, 23. Right, so yeah, we've, we've had a little spike, I would imagine, fueled a little bit by the media and other things that are going on. Um, and then the market will settle again once the Bank of England tell us what they're going to do. And life will be, you know, sort of relatively back to normal, I guess. And I think there'll be less fall-throughs over the next couple of weeks. This is net sales. Um, and again, I know we just jumped on this one, but again, we've added in 20, 21 and 22 there. You can see the numbers on the screen, just to give you an idea and a flavour. Um Interestingly, I looked at the regional sell fall through rates. Um, and um, if you want to actually look at this graph in detail, because I appreciate some video, all the graphs that you see today and the charts are available to download in the comfort of your own home or office. And then you can actually compare it because there's lots of numbers there. Scotland's at the bottom, but you can quite clearly see everything has just moved up slightly in the last couple of weeks. But you'll be able to compare your area, region, in terms of fall through rates to, to this. Um, again, we'll just have a quick look at these. I appreciate we're, we're close on time, uh, but you can have a look at these. Um, let's now move on. Now, we're not gonna spend too long on these boys and girls. The regional figures are available to download uh, for you to look at, but the magic thing is this, green is good and red is bad, okay? I'm, I don't wanna spend too much time on these because, um, well, because we've got to still look at Bedford. But you can quite clearly see here is, is that, that as we've been last two weeks, 23, 24, everything is going quite well with regard to the greens. We do have obviously East of England, bit of an uplift on um, all throughs. Fall throughs. And again, inner London. Again, look at this here. The inner London figures, the black line difference between listing and sale price, 32, 33%. Whilst if you go and look at outer London, six to an eight but again what you you know you're going to say well does that mean outer london agents are better no what it means is everything in outer london is three bedroom semis because they're suburbia love the pet shop boys song on that one um but but in london you know you've got stuff at 10 million 1 million and it's going to skew the figures and and, and skew the averages but i think just have a look um at these at, at you know download them to your heart's content but you can quite clearly see most areas good on instructions, good on price changes, reasonably good on sales, poor on sale fall-throughs. We And again, the art here is just to see a flavour of the colours and how they change throughout the weeks. Um, and we'll just keep Southwest and Wales and then West Midlands and Yorkshire. And again, interesting that the tonality is very similar in all the areas. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, again, um, just having a look at this, gross sales as a percentage of listings is a great way to judge how you're doing. I mean, again, here, the propensity of an inner London agent to sell a house is hovering around the 40%, what's in Scotland is up at 80%. And look at the difference. The further you go north, the greater the chance. Look how it's all green at the bottom because they're up north. 
and there you yeah. were taking the Mickey Completely out. in line with the uh, pricing. Yeah. yeah, you were taking the Mickey out of, uh, of out of us provincial boys. You know, you're in and out of London's all red, you know all the reds. The, uh, us country bumpkins, all greens, and something in between. I just find that fascinating that we, we you know, um, I, again, sales that fell through. Yorkshire and Humber seem to be a lot stickier, whilst um, you guys in London. Although, again, look at Wales. Again, not you know, just just have a look. Again, we're back here. The price changes as a percentage of listings that show me that the uh, agents in the south are working their stock more. Or does that mean that the sap, the northern agents don't have to work their stocks much because they're being more realistic with their pricing? Only you can judge that. Uh, net sales as a percentage of listings. Um, again, the 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 northern the northern powerhouse is, is beating the south there. But again, we know that that would that's the way the markets work. Okay, um, shall we? I'm just conscious that we have got uh, probably another twelve minutes before we, we finish the show. Um, any thoughts on that before we? dive straight into no, let's do it let's get into bedford okay then let's get into bedford oh cheese pie I like that right then okay so boys and girls uh all the data uh from this show where's this data come from oh god 20 ea you're such a fanboy okay so this is the 20 ea insights platform which is available for you to buy as a state agents for your own location um they give me access to the platform uh, and in return i mention it as i said i'm a bit of a fanboy you can use all the data i'm going to look at on bedford you can do for your own town obviously it does cost you money do not mention my name because i don't get any commission or anything like that but i just think it's a fantastic way to show that you are the best agent and if you're if people are querying your fee and saying why are you worth one and a half and not one this particular independent software can prove it to you as whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you worth two and not one? Let's okay. let's anchor people in the right direction here. Come on. I thought you were going to say why this software was going to come down to Chiswick and slap you. Even though you are, <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Moving swiftly on. Okay. So let's see. We are, for the purposes of Bedford, we're looking at the postcodes of MK40, MK41, and MK42. First, we want to look at the the level of stock and we can quite clearly see that we've got the months down here uh the um the the bluey green color which i uh, which i know the name of the color but i can never remember what it is i think it's um teal i think is the they call it do you know what i'm into i'm into my colors if you were from london you'd know that would i fantastic okay then. colors okay uh, remember i'm a man uh only do 10 colors you know or uh, peaches are fruit um so you can see that 21, we had higher number of stock throughout the month, and, and then it dropped off slightly. This is Resi Sales in 22, although interestingly, uh, it went the notice how it went the other way, where there was greater stock in 22 compared to 21 throughout the latter half of the year. What's at the start, it was the other way around. Do you notice that? So I love, I love spotting things like that. And now the stock is much higher. I mean, June, we're, not, we're only two-thirds of the way through June, so therefore there is a little bit more to go on this. But you can quite clearly see here, let's just have a quick look at the different agents and how their market share in terms of stock has been working. And we start off with Good Acres, and we can see that their market share has been going from 6% up as high as 8 and seems to have drifted. Do you know any of these agents? I'm afraid I don't, actually. Okay, right. Mike Neville, they seem to be hovering, uh, starting around eight, knocking down to six, and now hovering around seven. 
Lane and Holmes, well done, Lane and Holmes. You seem to be growing your business in terms of stock. Doesn't mean you haven't sold them, but it's just good to see. Taylor's had a good month, but again, oh, well done, Taylor's. You seem to be growing. Walden's, you also seem to be growing well done. Let's go and see Urban Royal. Seem to be dropping. Uh, let's go look at Connell's, the first corporate estate agent. I don't know if Taylor's are the countrywide Taylor's. If, if I'm not sure if they're independent or not, we'll have a look. Uh, Connell's looks like you had a good month last, good summer last year. Taylor made seem to be growing. Wilson Peacock, well done, guys. And Hart there. So again, just I'm just going to whiz through these. Please just cut across me if you see something that you like the look of. So let's look at the new, as I said, new instructions. And we're just, and again, it looks like good acres seem to be going down now. Um, the average price is 343, and this is the data since the 1st of Jan 21. It's been 7,770 properties coming on the market, and it looks like good acres have put 743. Um, just have a quick look at the percentages there. We've got two dominant agents fighting it out at just around 10% each, and then a nice cohort of five or six covering around the three or 4%. Does that intrigue you that there's two big boys fighting it out? And what would you do if you were in, you know, around the four or five percent mark to try and get some of their market share? Yeah, it's interesting. So we've we had this conversation quite a lot actually about marketing strategy and where do we want to go after. So my favorite position as an agent is to be first choice, second agent. What I mean by that is I like to be the business that's called in to sell the property after an agent number one has has not managed to achieve that. It means we're working with a more, I think, motivated seller. Uh, they probably softened on their original position. They may have had their heart broken by their first agent who promised the world and then didn't give feedback. So if we are looking at growing our market share and where we're going after, we're going after the agents that hold a lot of stock because um, in simple terms, there's a level of complacency around how they handle their business. Um, quite often, they're too stretched to deliver great service levels to uh, their clients and at this moment in time um, large agencies as you already pointed out are reasonably well known for for maybe overpricing and I, I don't know not everyone because the best listing agent in our current town they don't have a price they nail the pricing absolutely and they're the top listing agent one branch in the whole of West London so um, it's not one size fits all but I would be looking at the sellers that are on and have been on for a little while with the top agents, and I would be having very direct well, conversations about how we could help them. Okay, so we've actually got some stats which actually show for every 100 houses you put on the market how many you actually sell. So we've got, let's remember, Good Acres and Mike Neville, are, Mike Neville are number one and two. So Good Acres, here we go. So for every house that Good Acres put on the market, they will exchange on 75% and 25% will withdraw. Let's ignore new instructions and sad agreeds. This is absolutely important. Mike Neville, so let's just remind ourselves, Mike Neville are at 9.23%. Their saleability rate is down at 63. So therefore- so that means I, there's a 3% swing available for any agent. If you are, so if you're Mike Neville, I apologize for what I'm going to say here, but you're if, if you're in anyone below them, there's 3% of the market that they list that they do not sell that you can get after and you can grow your market share and jump from your 3% to 6% or 4% to 7%. Huge opportunity, um, as I see it. That said, looking down that line, look at the exchange rate, Taylor's on 50%. So 
So one Taylor, of listings Taylor's at 4.2. So again, let's just have a quick look. Um, it looks like urban rural 73. That's really good. I mean, look at the average for the for, for Bedford in the last years, 56.3. Interestingly, though, they've actually grown their agency in terms of listings by 56% this year. Um, just a shame, guys, is that, and again, that we're not criticizing, we're just commenting, is that your exchange ratios could be better. Uh, Walden, we got to shout out Holland Smith. Holland Smith, their exchange rate is eighty-seven percent. What a business! I mean, they're not even in the top ten in terms of for the last. So that if we just move that to the last, uh, okay. So there we go, Holland just coming in. I mean, guys, we're absolute massive. Well done there. Eighty-seven percent. I, I, I think I've only, um, I've only ever seen that one in the mid late eighties once. That is absolutely exceptional. They're going places, those guys. Okay, Connell's at 35%. Wow, okay. Um, Michael Graham, again, they tend to be middle upper market. So again, we can quite clearly see here, uh, Purple Bricks at 60, Home at 78. Friar State is big, well done on 82. Yeah, Remake Brown, part of the Connell's Facebook group. Uh, sorry, Connell's um, group, sequence group down at 37 mm -hmm. elevation at 43 um and as i said we've already done michael graham um let's now move on and look at um what prices uh, agents achieve for those particular properties and we reminding ourselves that um, um good acres an exchange ratio of 75 percent now interestingly what is is this is that um for those of you who've watched the shop, I'm not going to explain this graph because it will take five minutes to explain. If you want an explanation, go look at my previous ones. But basically, in a nutshell, if every agent put a £350,000 house on in Bedford, what would they achieve on it based on what they listed it on and what they actually sold it on versus what 20EA thought the automated valuation models were on the properties that you listed? If anyone in Bedford's got any questions with regard to the calculation methods, do give me a call on 07950-147572. But let's cut to the chase. Good acres, exchange ratio of 75%, which is exceptional, and would get £6,734 more than the average um, uh, Bedford agent. I mean, that is yeah, sounds, what, that's what a business? perfect storm. What a business, yeah. Brilliant, guys. Mike Neville, you've got an exchange rate of 63%, and you'd get 4,800, according to the 20EA Insights uh, Omni Valuations of Price to Achieve screen. Again, if you've got any questions with regard to the calculation method, do give 20EA a call. Uh, Lane and Holmes, um, we were at 76, yet their saleability figures is 53. Um, and again, you can look at the numbers. Now, what you will find is this, is that there were some agents here now, I don't know if you noticed, but Lane and Holmes were 433,000. So I'm going to give them a slight get out of jail card on that one, because what we find is the posher agents do tend to get affected quite badly with this stat because of their price range. Because if you're dealing with stuff in the million pound marks and you knock 100 grand off, it really does screw the figures up. So do take this with a slight pinch of salt. Uh, what was your favorite agents? Wow. Sorry, the posher agents. I like that. It's nice. Yeah. Okay. Now we did say Holland Smith. Let's just see how good the Holland Smith yeah, guys. Yeah, just checked are. out. Yeah, they're okay. Okay, so they're probably just a little bit down on that one. But again, they're... new agent, 
Uh, and again, if you're selling new homes, that can skew the figure slightly. But I just think, you know, if you're an agent, if I was Good Acres and I was trying to sell myself, I would go in and say, Mrs. Miggins, you have a much better chance of selling your house than the average uh, um, Bedford agent. Here's what price the Holland Smiths work at? Holland Smith, sorry. Uh, Holland Smith average price three eight five, and the average is three five two. So it's okay. not hugely different. Okay. Okay, but if, again, um, so so good acres. You could use this. Go be careful with the way you market it. Do speak with twenty EA on how you can market this. But this is proving that you get you've got your chances of greater sale. I don't work for good acres, by the way. Um, great greater chance of a sale, and also uh, you'll get a better price for it as well. That's how you prove that you can get your fee. And I do hope, Good Acres, that your fees are top dollar. Let's go and have a quick look at how quickly agents are selling their properties. Um, and again, it's just pretty obvious here. You've got the numbers, new instruction to sale agreed, sold to the contract, completion. Again, I'd expect those agents just to have a quick look at this. You can look at this in your um, data. We're running out of time. And then finally, we've got the lettings market. And again, just being quite careful on this one because not every agent put their house on the market, but it just gives us a flavor of the rental market. We quite clearly see is that Martin and Co and Good Acres seem to be dropping their number of properties. But again, depending on whether the tenants are moving out, you know, there's not a lot of tenants are staying put because they've seen the prices go up, which gives just gives us a flavor of where the market is and who the players are. Okay, Ben, um, we are almost on the hour. So final thoughts before we go. Um, <clears throat> as I said a couple of times, let's not look at data one week in isolation. It's important that if people are watching this show that they've watched last week, they've watched the previous week, they have a feel for what the market's doing because you're reporting on, on a weekly basis. Um, and I think, yeah, let's see what the Bank of England do. Let's see what the fallout is. But if I could give one piece of advice, as agents who know our markets inside out, we are the experts in our market. Let's communicate that. Let's communicate what's happening on the ground with to the consumer. Because at the moment, I think consumers are confused. I think estate agents are confused. There's so much conflicting material being published. Um, talk about what's happening in your market, on the ground, what we've seen in the last week, in the last month. This is what's happening. Tell the consumer and report it as is. You don't have to dress it up. You don't have to worry about it. It's just the market. If you report that, you provide clarity. And that clarity provides confidence. Um, and I think we could all all do that. I mean, agents up and down the country could do a bit more of that. I think you do a lot more of it. As it says on your on your sofa, uh, on your uh, picture behind you, you have to believe in yourself. You have to care for the client and you have to go out there and try. And I think at the end of the day, that's how you maximize opportunities and justify your position as you read read off the poster at the back of you. Ben, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, and your wonderful insight. We'll get you back in about a month or so time because we do love your insight. We get some great feedback for, for, for you from, from others. But more importantly, thank you for watching this show. Um, we look forward to seeing you next week. The, the shows always come out on a Friday on my YouTube channel. Um, if you want to make sure you get it, make sure you click the subscribe button and you'll get that delivered to you with other videos that could be of interest to you about uh, attracting more business to your estate letting agency. So thank you for, for watching. Ben, final thank you to you. And we'll see you next week, estate letting agents. Thanks very much. And obviously people who are interested in the property market.